Hello and welcome to the Treasures of Destiny podcast. We trust that you're well kept of the Lord. Thank you for choosing to join us as we interact with God's Word. Stay tuned. Faith is what governs the realm of the Spirit. You get it. So sight, if you are living on earth, you require sight. Because sight is what dictates how things happen here. People invest based on sight. You know, they look at trends. That's sight. But faith is not based on sight. Faith is based on the word. That's the emphasis I'll keep bringing back to us to. Faith is based on the word, not sight. If, if, I, if I look at the trends... And I see the trends, I can predict how the trends will turn out. And then I invest based on that. Then I am not investing based on faith necessarily. I am investing based on sight. I'm being governed by sight. But faith requires that even when I don't know what's going to happen, I hear God. If God issues an instruction, you get. And look at how God issued instructions in the Old Testament. He talks to Isaac and he tells him, so, it's famine. Nobody is planting. If you look at the weather, it will not make sense to plant. But God says plant. So, in other words, the kingdom of God is not governed by sight. It's governed by faith. The system of the world is governed by sight. You get But the kingdom of God is governed by, by faith. Alright, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have, he should after receiving, uh, sorry, let me read it properly. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, he should after, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing uh, where he was going. You get so by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the, prom the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. So speaking of Abraham, his faith, the highlight and hallmark of his faith was in stepping out to the unknown. You get? God says, go, get out, go. And the guy got out and went. Where is he going? He doesn't know. But he went. Why? Because God said. That's the basis of his faith. And he's called the father of faith. You get? So, he stepped out and went. Now, we... When we read it from scripture, it sounds simple. Because we are reading it in, uh, you know, as a historical account. But in reality, it is not. No human being wants to step out without knowing where I'm headed. You get? It's a natural instinct of man. That's the reason why faith becomes difficult. Because faith in the Abraham's case, 
required that he depended on God's uh, instruction. Right now, we are living in the era of GPS, uh, Google Maps, you get, where you can be able to Google where you're going, you get, and go. Nobody starts a journey to a destination they don't know, and you just go anyway. There must be a reason why you would go to a place you don't know, even though you don't know. One of the reasons would be you have contacts you can call, you get. You can get in touch with somebody who will direct you. But if you are unsure of getting there, you don't know exactly where you're going. Where, how do you know which is, uh, direction to take? Left, right, east, north, you get. How do you know? But now, Abraham was in that space. No GPS, no Google Maps, no person. He wasn't told, you know, there is somebody you will meet. No, 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 no. He was just told, go and depend on now his 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 journey was going to be entirely dependent on god so he went out of faith in fact the bible says in verse chapter uh, verse 4 of genesis 12 it says so abraham rose up early in the morning and went that is the demonstration of faith that abraham had in our to, in, in application to our lives one of the things that you need to know is, I've, I've always said this the doctrine of purpose or the teaching of purpose has confused many people because what many people imagine is that purpose God will tell you your purpose meaning your destiny your destination, where you're headed before you start. So that as you start, you know where you're going. That's not how God works. Are you getting it? Otherwise, you'll begin to figure out how to get there. Are you getting it? It's not how God works. That's why my belief when it comes to purpose, for example, is that purpose unfolds with time. Don't wait for God to open the whole. Let's use the examples we use to teach about purpose. Joseph. That's one of the examples we use. God revealed to him his purpose. Was it so? No. God didn't reveal to him his purpose. God gave him a glimpse of his purpose. It wasn't his purpose. Even the dreams, if it was to be just interpreted as dreams... Those dreams did not tell him his purpose. Praise the Lord. They gave him the platform upon which his purpose will be actualized. You get it. One dream was of greatness. They, they were both dreams that, you know, demonstrated the issue of greatness. You get it. But then, you know, uh, his purpose was not to be a great man. His purpose was according to him. Later in his life, he says, God, to his brothers, God sent me ahead of you that I may preserve life. So he is learning his purpose at an advanced stage. After he has assumed the role that he has assumed, you get, 
and now famine comes and ravages the land and I'm almost sure by the time that his brethren were coming up to that point he probably didn't even know you get so when they come it's when a light bulb comes and he's like I see God had actually sent me ahead so that I can be positioned to preserve the life of my brethren. Are you getting it? And that's why I understand somewhere else it speaks about in the Hall of Fame, Joseph finds himself here. And Joseph doesn't find himself here because he was a prime minister. Are you getting it? No. He doesn't find himself in the Hall of Faith because he was a prime minister. Do you know what brought him to the Hall of Faith? It says, by faith, Joseph told his brethren that when they go, they don't leave his bones behind. Meaning what? Joseph understood that this is not the destination. You get? This is not the destination. He didn't get to a place of self-actualization, so he has arrived and he has reached his epitome. No. He said, even when I'm gone, I'm dead. God is going to deliver you guys. He will give you a land of your own, which now speaks of the destination. You get? So, make sure you take my bones with you because this is not where I'm supposed to end. You get? Take my bones with you. Purpose unfolds. Therefore, in our journey with God, God requires us to trust him into the unknown. Because we don't know where we are going. We don't know the way. You will hear a voice telling you, this is the way, walk ye in it. If God already told my destiny, you get, I can begin to imagine or find my way. Are you getting it? If God already told them about Canaan when they were leaving Egypt, you get they would have argued with him about the way they went. God led them by the way of the wilderness. They would have started to argue with him. No, why are we going the longer route? There is a shorter route. But because they didn't know where they are going, they followed. Assuming they knew, they would not have gone to the wilderness. There would have been a total disagreement. Moses would have had a difficult time leading God's people. So God didn't reveal it to Moses, neither did he reveal it to anyone. God just told him, I'm taking you to the land I have promised. I promised your fathers. You get? Now they started the journey. And as they went, God revealed every step of the way. You get? That's how it's supposed to be. So purpose unfolds with time. And so faith is that place and space of trusting God even when you don't know where the road he's asking you to go is leading. When God instructs you, go and start this thing. You get, you go and start it. Now, you don't know the outcome. You may have a glimpse like Joseph of greatness. You get, from scripture, we can tell God has called us to be an eternal excellence. God has called us to be light. 
God has called us to be salt. You know, we can tell things from scripture. God has said we are a city on the hill. So those are clues, you get, of even the purpose that God has for us. But the specific uh, direction requires our constant trust on him to lead us into that place. And so we must always be responsive to his leading. You get? That way, we will be able to... And, and so that's why God's leading will always require faith. So Abraham had to have faith. And the, the journey of Abraham, the journey of Egypt, I mean Israel from Egypt, all these journeys typifies our journey today in God. You get? They all typify our journeys in God. So for us to achieve or get to what God promised, we must be willing to trust him to lead us into the unknown. The things we don't, we don't know what will be tomorrow. We don't know where we are going, but we must trust him to lead us. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Interesting. The story we remember of Sarah was what? She laughed. That's the story we remember. God spoke to Abraham. Sarah laughed. But here, in the hall of faith, in Hebrews, it says through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered a child or she got a child past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Notice, I like the scripture. Not because she believed God for a child, but she judged him faithful who had promised. Where was her faith? On God. That if God promised, he is faithful to do it. So, that trust caused her to receive strength to be able to conceive and deliver, even when it was impossible to do so. So in other words, her faith, based on God's promise, made her go through an impossible situation. You get? Because her faith was based on God's promise. The integrity of God and his word. That's where her faith was based. And so it wasn't about the capacity she could have. It had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with the fact that if God said it, even when the situation looks impossible, God will find a way of doing it. You get? That's where her faith rested. So now, here now the Bible brings in the faith for impossible things that God may instruct. It's impossible. Because Sarah's situation she was, her womb was dead. Abraham could not sire a child by that time. Yet, uh, she judged God faithful even in an impossible situation. That's faith. God will instruct you and tell you and promise you things that in reality will look impossible. Faith is trusting that what God told you, he will do. Even when you are 
staring at an impossible situation. If God said it, he will do it. That's faith. You get? So we learn that from Sarah. That as long as God said it, it doesn't matter the impossibility of the situation. He will do it. Amen. Now, there is a scripture here that is very interesting. It says in verse 13, This all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed them, that they, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Speaking of these guys that many of them who never even received some of the promises God spoke. They believed them. They embraced them. The Bible says they saw them from afar. And they were persuaded, that element of conviction, that what God said is as good as, you know, it's, it's tangible, it's real. They were past that conviction that this is it. You get they had that conviction even before they saw. So they were not governed by sight. They were governed by the word of God. Amen? That's what God is calling us to. That in our lives, we get governed by, by the word. By faith. Verse 17. Abraham, uh, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. He did it by faith. Now, I love this portion of scripture because when you study it, it says, when they got to the mountain, Abraham told his servants, we are going up and we will come back. He didn't say, and I'll come back. He says, we are going up. You guys stay here. We are going up and we will come back. That tells me Abraham had faith that although God told him to kill his son, you get, God will not promise him to become a father of many nations and the very heir that God had given him in the name of Isaac, God will kill him, you get. So Abraham's faith was this, that even if he eventually ended up to kill, you get, somehow, he will still have Isaac. And he will have the generations that God promised, the descendants that God promised. So, he went there knowing that whatever happens on that mountain, I will come back with him. Whatever happens, I will come back with him. Why? Because of the descendants promise God gave him. Look at the stars. Look at the sand. Your descendants will be as many as those. When he got Ishmael, because Ishmael came before Isaac, God says that wasn't the promise. You get? The promise is still coming. And then the promise comes. And God visits him. So he knew Isaac is the promise. Because God affirmed it. So he knew God cannot promise me Isaac and take him. Are you getting it? So that faith caused Isaac, I mean Abraham to go up with Isaac to offer him up to God because he knew the same God who was able to give me Isaac from a dead womb can 
make me go back with Isaac even when I've killed him. Are you getting it? Now you need to understand there was no resurrection story before that. You get? So it required a lot of faith because there was no testimony of resurrection before this one. Are you getting it? So it required a lot of faith and Abraham had that kind of faith that God will keep his word. Amen. Now, it's interesting that it says by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. So meaning that even blessing requires faith. By faith uh, Jacob blessed his sons. I mean, he uh, blessed both the sons of Joseph. You know? Uh, then by faith Joseph mentioned about the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. So even Joseph, uh, God gave him a glimpse of the deliverance he is going to bring. You get? And so he was able to speak about it by faith. And then the story continues. So basically, a lot of these are examples of how faith is expressed, faith is practiced uh, in scripture. And I will encourage you to study and begin to contextualize this in your own life. And ask yourself, from these stories we are seeing of faith, Rahab, uh, Israel leaving, Moses forsaking Egypt, you know, um, you know, the, David, and all the other great things that the Bible speaks about. It says in verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. In other words, the results faith can produce are varied and many. It's not one. You get? Because these are different kinds of results produced on the basis of our faith in God. Amen. So the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Point. Every kind of result that you will ever get in the kingdom of God is via faith. Every aspect of your life should be governed by faith. Whatever it is you do must be influenced by your faith in God. And faith is based on the word. Meaning therefore, as a Christian, you are governed by the instruction of God's word in your life, in everything that you do. Because that's the basis of faith. Obedience to God's word. Faith, belief in God's word. You know, stepping out on the basis of God's word. That's really the basis of faith. Amen? Amen. We said faith can grow from little faith to great faith because the Bible speaks about that. At one point he spoke about O ye of little faith. At another point he marveled at their unbelief in Mark chapter 6 and then he also marveled at their 
centurions, faith. So that means great faith. So meaning you can come from little faith to great faith. Romans 12 verse 3 tells us, because of the privilege of authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think uh, you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. The, that's New Living Translation. But if you read it from the KJV or New King James Translation, uh, it says, um, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So meaning, if you have been given a measure, you have a responsibility to grow it. You get? How do you grow it? Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by? By hearing. And hearing the word. And we have already dealt with that a bit in the past. But the key to faith is to constantly expose yourself to the Rema word of God. The more you hear God's word, the more you hear God's word, the more it builds your faith because faith is based on the word. Number two, faith comes by not just hearing but obeying God's word. The power of obeying is this. When you obey, you, it unlocks the result. It unlocks the possibility of you stepping into what God has said. You get? Until you obey, you will never know that what God has said is true. You get? So obedience unlocks the possibility. So that's why obedience is key. When you step out in obedience, it unlocks the possibility. How does that help grow faith? Because if I obey today and I take that step and I see the possibility of what God has said, it strengthens my faith. It makes me grow in faith because I grow more in confidence with God. Because faith is confidence in God and in the integrity of his word. So I become more convicted that God's word is truly true. You get because I stepped out in obedience. Then the other dimension of growing our faith is the testing of our faith. The testing of our, of our faith. When your faith goes through testing, that helps you to grow in faith. The testing of our faith. It's very powerful um, when your faith is tested and when you come out of it, you become stronger. When you are, and, and faith is tested through what? You can be tested through trial. The Bible says here, uh, in verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 1, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ. Which, I mean, whom have not, having not seen, you love. In whom, though you now, 
Though now you see him not, yet you believe. You rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So that means our faith will be tried. Our faith will be tested. But the purpose of that testing and trying is to strengthen your faith, your conviction in God. The purpose of taking gold through fire is to purify it. You get? So that that gold is not just pure, but it is unadulterated. It's strong. You get? So that's the purpose of testing our faith. God takes us through it's matured, it's strong, it's pure, all that. So God takes us through trials so that our faith is unshakable. When we come out of it and we see that God delivered on his word, even in our trying time, you get, and through our trying time, then our faith is strengthened. Amen. When the disciples went through the sea and the storms came and threatened to capsize the boat and then their faith was little. Oh, ye of little faith. But then Jesus stands and calms the sea. Their faith after that was not where it was before that. Are you getting the picture? when they went through it. So sometimes God can allow you to go through something when you have little faith. But God allows you to go through it so that he can be able to strengthen your faith. Look at what God tells Peter. He says, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. You get it? So it's important that you understand that the trying of your faith is, is serves God serves a purpose, an important purpose. It can strengthen your faith. That's why people who have gone through trials are strong, stronger, you get. They are able to deal with, uh, I mean, their confidence in God is more solid because they can say, I went through this, God took me out. If Daniel was never thrown in the den of lions, there is a level of faith that he wouldn't have had. You get? But going through the den of lions, after that experience, he was not the same man. He was different. His level of faith had gone. Now, if you put him in a pit with lions and he survived, what can you do to him after that? Are you getting it? There is something you go through that it never leaves you the same in God. Nobody can scare you, intimidate you after you go through the den of lions. What else can't you deal with? If you were thrown in the furnace of fire and the fourth man came and was with you there and you came out of it unscathed, unscratched, and you know, burnt, nothing. You get what else will scare you? So trials can serve to strengthen your faith. The converse is true. 
the children of Israel were killed in the wilderness because God took them through the wilderness, yet they still doubted God. So, it's not automatic that when you go through something like a trial, that your faith will be increased. It is your heart response to God in trial that determines whether your faith grows or doesn't grow. The children of Israel, they went through, they, they, they came to the brink of the Red Sea. They saw their enemy come. They were scared to death. God delivered them. They saw their enemies die in the wilderness. But shortly after, they still had issues with God. And every step of the way, they tested God. You get? It's a heart condition. May God help us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We continue with this topic next week. Until then, stay tuned and blessed of God.